Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about one particular passage of scripture that says that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we're going to get our arms around what exactly is going on there and how much fear and trembling should be a part of our salvation experience and our ongoing faith journey. Is this right, John? Yeah, that's exactly we're right. We're kind of answering a question you have been gnawing at your gnawing on your brain right like, yeah like a fungus in there yeah well yeah that's an image but <laughs> yeah because salvation is is like a joyous thing like we celebrate yeah you know and, and the you know the my uh yoke is easy my burden is light salvation is like the the law off your shoulders yes and then that verbiage is very intense so yes. so i yeah just reading it in my own yeah. personal time i had questions so it's gonna be fun we're yeah. gonna talk about what is it that i'm being called to there and uh, how does that work? Yeah. First, though, it is uh, story and or joke time. And dad, it's your turn. Yeah. So I thought today I would tell you about uh, my first date with your mom. Oh, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. So uh, we're in college. I am a sophomore. Would that be right? Yeah. And she's a fre- she's a junior. Okay. Um, I forgot you guys were great apart. Yeah. She's nine months older than me. That's the grades when I met Lindsay. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I had uh, my freshman year, late in my freshman year, I made a terrible mistake at uh, Evangel, at this Christian college. Mm -hmm. I went out with the same girl three times. (laughs) And I did not know the unwritten rule that if you go out three times, you're basically engaged. Yeah. And so uh, she thought that, and I was like having fun. Like there was no... There was certain, this was not a person. You should have studied up on the evangel uh, code. Yeah. So maybe this is really the story I should tell is the end of that relationship because it set the table for how I approached dating before I met your mom. With fear and trembling. Yes, very (laughs) much so. So this gal, uh, we met, you know, uh, I think our floors were sister, brother, sister floors. Mm -hmm. And um, so we go on a date and it's all right. So we scheduled the second date on that date. And then um, on the second date, she asked me to go to a third thing. But I had already decided on that second date, you know, this really isn't that much fun. Mm. But she asked me to go to this thing with her, so I said I would. Then I tell my roommates, who should be confidants. <laughs> you would think so. You would think so, that, that this ain't going, this ain't working for me. So I'm going to go to this third event, and that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. Well, they tell her that. <laughs> This is your best man, Tim? You're, no, no. Okay. I wasn't roommates with him yet. Okay. I was going to say that. So this is a couple of knuckleheads <laughs> that uh, are on my floor. They tell her and n- n- with me not knowing. So I show up to this third date and um, I, you know, we meet between our two floor or two dorms and she has a plate of chocolate chip cookies. And she said, Hey, I made these cookies for you. I said, awesome. I'll run these up to the room and then we'll go. She said, well, you got to try one. So I take a bite, tastes a little funky. I said, oh, they're great. I take the cookies up to the dorm room, and we go off on a date. When I get back, my roommate and my sweet mates are fighting over the toilet, man. They ate all those cookies, and she had made them with (laughs) X-lax. So she put laxatives in there for the chips. Holy smokes. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, I tell her on this date, hey, you know, this has been fun, but, um, I'm, you know, I'm moving on. 
And uh, I have no idea how upset this makes her. That night at three in the morning, I get a phone call, wakes me up in our dorm phone. And uh, cell phones aren't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, hello, is this is this Jim Lett? Yes. Do you have a white Ford? Yes. Um, you need to come out to the parking lot. There's been an accident. I said, someone hit my car. They said, come out and we'll talk to you out there. I said, it's after curfew. In our school, there was mm-hmm. a curfew at two in the morning and the doors locked. And once you were out after two, you couldn't get back in. Two's pretty late for a curfew. Yeah. And uh, they said, hey, this is security. We can get you back into your room. Okay. So I throw on clothes. I start walking out to the parking lot where my car is. And as I get closer, I can see that my car has been wrapped in toilet paper. (laughs) This gal has taken a toilet. I don't know where she got a toilet, but she put it up against the front bumper of my car. She has an orange on the antenna and she's got my face drawn on it with glasses. What in the world? And down and she slid over the antenna down at the bottom was a, a roll of toilet paper that you could pull out like a scroll and it said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, dot, dot, dot. And my car is totally wrapped in toilet paper, and there's, uh, you know, shaving cream all over it and stuff. And I'm looking around, and there is no one there. So they just got you locked out of they, the... they Now I'm locked out of my dorm, and my car has been vandalized. This the, chick sounds kind of psycho. Oh, I'm telling you what, man. It was the Christian fatal attraction. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. Then I, I just still don't know that my roommates are in on this, but it serves them right. They got the cookies. I was going to say, that's some, some justice you don't get yeah, all the that's, time. That's, that's Christian karma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so at the end of that night, I made a vow to myself. I will not go out with the same girl twice. So I had then that's like the the birth of a supervillain. It really, (laughs) (laughs) I was very, I was very good guy. I wasn't, I wasn't breaking any rules. And I thought, well, I don't, at first I was like, forget it. I'm not dating anymore. Mm -hmm. And I would play racquetball on Friday nights and do stuff. And I thought, well, I should meet people. So I decided that I would go on dates, but nobody gets a second date because I'm not falling for this crap anymore. (laughs) Right. Turns out the whole school's full of just psycho. Uh, well, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? This is actually the first girl I ever dated on campus. It's <laughs> really funny. So I. All, I, all things considered, I, I thought she was going to had broken out your windows or something. So I, I was relieved that it was just yeah. toilet paper and shaving. Yeah. Well, at the time I was orange. like three in the morning and all this. How'd you get and, back in? Uh, I knocked on the window of the roommates who betrayed me <laughs> and they let me in. I climbed through the window. Uh, so. Um, I had been, so this is, I meet Sue like three, four months later mm-hmm. and this, this mutual friend of ours, I still had not met Sue says, Hey, there's this girl I think you should go out with. And, um, he said, uh, so Spinster spree weekend was coming. That was what is that? Spinster's spree. That's where the girls asked the guys out. It was, okay. the, it was a, it was a school's effort to get more dating going on. Sadie's Hawkins. Very Sadie, much Sadie Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins. Yeah. I don't know who that was. That chick. I have no idea. Anyway, so he tells me, don't, uh, he points her out to me. Oh, she's kind of cute. And, um, he says, don't, you know, she's going to, she's going to out. So I wait. Meanwhile, a couple of girls asked me out for these nights and he said, save one night for her. So I told him, you know, Friday night's booked popular guy. Yeah. Well, it was a different time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
there wasn't a ton of competition. I think the girls, <laughs> <laughs> I think the girls outnumbered the guys, and I, I was not a player. Okay, well, you had the fro, right? I did, and I had a and beard, the big glasses. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I keep telling him, hey, you know, she needs to pick it up because I, you know, so she does. She asked me for Sunday night, and it was so funny. She walks over. I'm sitting in the lobby, and she walks over. And she says, "Hi." I said, "Hi." <laughs> She said, so we, do you want to go out on Sunday night? Sure. Okay. And she walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went on a quadruple date. It was Halloween weekend. Okay. We go on this quadruple date. So four couples? Yes. And uh, we go out to dinner. For the girls bought roses for all the guys. They did all the driving. They opened our doors. Wow. We go out to this restaurant called The Wooden Nickel. We go to dinner there. It's a very nice place. What are you laughing at? There's a, this <laughs> is just the wooden nickel. The wooden nickel. The wooden it was nickel a steakhouse in Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> so we go, <laughs> we go there. Then we go to all these uh, scary places in Springfield. We go to the skull tree where this guy had a tree and he'd wrapped it with skulls. Whoa. We went to uh, Heartbeat Bridge where you go under this bridge and you and every time a car would drive over, it go boom, 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 and it sounds like they call it Heartbeat. We went to these scary places. And then we went to a haunted house. And I'm telling you, man, I go back to my dorm room that night and I tell my roommate, I just went out on my first date with my wife. What tipped it? What tipped you I off? I was smitten. Yeah. What was the deal? Like what? I don't know. Amazing, smart, cute. She's one of these gals, jeans and a t-shirt, doesn't need makeup. Um, loves God, funny. I just had the time of my life. We went through a lot of rigmarole in our relationship before we actually got married, but Mm -hmm. I just was hooked. That's awesome. Now, mom tells this part of the story differently. (laughs) We had gone out. (laughs) This is the real meat of it. (laughs) Well, this this next part. So we go on a couple dates, and I'm just, I mean, I'm I'm hooked. So after uh, a couple dates and some walks around the campus at night, just walking, um, I tell her, I see her one morning. I said, we need to have a talk. She said, okay. She said, I want to have a talk with you too. I said, okay. So we go to the student union. DTR. That's right. That was, this was before the DTR was a thing, but that's what it was. Pioneers. Yes. And uh, define the relationship for those of you who don't know what DTR is. Yeah. For the uneducated. Yes. So uh, (laughs) we go over there, we get a, we split a taco salad and we're sitting down talking and uh, she said, well, what do you got to say? I said, well, you go first. She said, no, you go first. I said, okay, um, I'm absolutely crazy about you, and I don't want to date anybody but you, and I think this is a thing. And she said, hmm. I said, what were you going to say? She said, I was going to say I don't ever want to see you again. I said, what? Now. Uh, How does she tell it? She tells it a little bit different, but the essence is the same. She was afraid that I was going to break her heart. She She had had a relationship just before us that did you know kind of end badly for her and she just was she's like i'm not up for getting my heart broke again but uh you know me mm-hmm. i negotiated really well <laughs> sure and so we pressed on from that night forward well that's good yeah and i fortunately the rest as they say is history yeah otherwise i would not exist so <laughs> I, I, i'm grateful yeah me that's, too yeah it's interesting I'll I'll save me and Lindsay's story I guess for later if when I if I if I run dry, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah that all checks out. I didn't not a, nothing against you. I wouldn't have assumed that you would have had to 
make sure you saved one day for mom out of all the girls asking you out for this Sadie Hawkins thing. I had a date Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. And here's the deal. Our good friend, Dougal, she goes out with Dougal on Friday night. (laughs) And then she's probably nervous about you for Sunday. No, 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 no. Let's see. No, no, I'm sorry. She and I go out on Saturday night. Okay. She goes out with Dougal on Sunday night. Well, on Sunday night, I went out with this other missionary girl from Spain, and uh, we go to church and then out to pizza. And we go to the pizza restaurant, and there's Sue and Dougal. Oh, man. And so <laughs> I'm spending my whole time looking over at Sue. She's spending her whole time looking over at me. But to hear Dougal tell it, uh, <laughs> I picked up his throwaways. Oh, that, yeah. That, that he had her first, and he decided <laughs> right. to toss her back, and yeah. that's why I got her. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure that's how he tells it. <laughs> Well, that's, that's guys, a sweet story. Yeah, guys are kind of morons. Aren't yeah. They? All right. Hey, let's talk about this this thing. So dive in. This was your your idea. Mm-hmm. You said that just kind of gnawing at you. So tee it up for me. Yeah. So um, fear of the Lord. Obviously, I'm familiar with. It's super common concept in in our faith. It's it's used a lot. The fear of um, the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Of wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, it, and it's um, it it my understanding of it is less of a um. It is a fear for your life because you know that the ultimate authority of your, you know, eternal destiny is is the Lord, is God. Right. So there, it is fear in that sense, but more than that, it's a reverence. It's a, um, uh, a, a, a holiness. You know, it's a, you set apart the Lord from things because you revere Him. You, um, you fear Him. You know, He's the ultimate authority. That's generally what it means. Right. And so uh, this this phrase, it's it's Philippians two twelve, right? It is. And uh, and this is a letter of Paul. And he says, uh, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And the reason this hit me a little different is because, like I said earlier, is, is salvation is, is this um, is the freedom. It's a miracle we receive. Exactly. God exactly. did this thing for us. Yeah. You, you, you know, God picks up what you couldn't carry and carries it for you. And that's like it's the ultimate the ultimate gift. So the fear and, and it's not just fear, it's fear and trembling. Like you're so afraid you're shaking. And so yeah, what it really put in my mind was this um, sense of, I don't know if I'm saved and you should be constantly unsure oh, and constantly okay. nervous. And I know that's not what it should be. So I was, I've, I've been, I was uh, thrown off for, for a bit. Yeah. So let's read the verse, verse 12 uh, and 13. Of Philippians 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, obviously in Greek as, as a New Testament thing, but, but in, I looked up the, you know, in fear and trembling, just in the Bible app, little search bar. Yeah. And it shows up in other places very literally as you know, as being afraid as terror, you know, um, yeah. from your enemies and, and, and such. So uh, anyway, keep going. Just, no, that's yeah. good because the word is fear. Phobos is the Greek word where we get the word phobia. Mm. So it is to have a uh, literal fear. It can also mean awe and reverence, mm. uh, but it is to, to have a, an awesome um, reverence or fear of something. So when somebody has a phobia, they fear spiders. I mean, they can't, they're terrified at the thought of spiders. Right. So it is to have this fear and trembling literally means to shake. I mean, you're, you're, you're shaking. Mm-hmm. So uh, your question is, 
why should I be terrified or trembling when I think about my salvation? Right, in regards to your salvation, yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things we say about religion is a, mm-hmm. is a, is a D.O. thing, do the right thing, um, you know, obey the law, do, 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 mm-hmm. and then you earn that. <clears throat> Whereas salvation, New Testament, is a done thing. Mm-hmm. I am saved because of what Jesus has done for me. So now the do part is not, um, it's not what I earn salvation with. It's, it's now my response to salvation. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the broader context of this, well, let me, there's another passage that you made me think of, and it is in Hebrews chapter 12. And it says this, it says, um, um, let me see here. Uh, let's um, see to it that you do not refuse him, Jesus, who speaks. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? And then it says, um, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe hmm. for our God is a consuming fire. Now, that's a quote. Dang. Um, I'm trying to see. Our God is a consuming fire is a quote from Deuteronomy 4.24. So uh, there we're told to, to uh, worship God acceptably and with reverence and awe because God is this consuming fire. Mm-hmm. It's, it's who he is. Any help yet? <laughs> getting there okay uh, well uh, well the, and this does reinforce the reverence part right um, right uh but yeah the imagery is is uh not combative but adversarial almost it is it is he will kill you <laughs> if you're not careful that's kind of the that's what it um that's what it it, it, it kind of implies yeah. that uh, you better be terrified because our God is a consuming fire who could, who could blow you up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we don't tend to think of God that way. We mm-hmm. tend to think of him as the teddy bear, Santa Claus, <laughs> uh, really nice, probably senile well, grandpa up in the sky. Like I said, who forgets our sin <laughs> and, I'm not kidding. I mean, there I is. Know. A, in the beginning, I, I said that the the fact that he has that authority right. and will, we don't like to talk about it, but will throw people out of his presence at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you see the Jesus of Revelation, he has, uh, he has uh, swords, a sword coming out of his mouth. He's got holy of holies. He is, his hair's on fire. I mean, he's coming back. Um ready to fight yeah so um the verse that you first referred to philippians 2 12 and 13 it starts this way therefore my dear friends as you've always obeyed and you know the saying is whenever you see a therefore look what's before it and see what it's there for <laughs> because that's a that's saying because of everything i just said this is true mm-hmm. so if you look before that it goes to that is calling us to imitate the humility of Jesus. And here's what it says. Each of you should not look out to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God, something to be held on to, but instead he made himself nothing mm-hmm. 
taken the very nature of a servant and made was made in human likeness. Then it goes on. He was found in appearance as a man and he suffered death, not just death, but death on a cross. And then because of this great thing he has done for us, this suffering he endured for us, that he was given a name that is above every name. And one day every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the father. So therefore, because Jesus has done this thing, Mm -hmm. because he laid aside his glory to bear the punishment for yours, and that now everything on earth exists for his glory, therefore now work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And I I think the rest of it's important, for it is God who works in you to will and to act. That means to desire and to do his good pleasure. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think the broader context here is that, I mean, it's it's first staring awesomely and reverently at what Jesus has done for you. Right. And then taking that so soberly that you, um, you, you with, with, with awe and with trembling want to work out what God is working in. So we all know this, that when God changes you, when God moves in your life, he forgives your sin. There's still a whole lot of work to be done in you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now, um, I was a liar yesterday. Remember the research that said that the average person lies a hundred times a day and is lied to three hundred times a day. <laughs> I don't. Re- well, I remember the. I didn't remember the hard numbers. That's yeah. Three hundred times a day you're lied to, and that's that's advertising, um, all that. And the hundred lies we tell are typically, you know, how you doing? I'm doing fine. When actually you're battling depression. Or does my butt look big in these pants? No, it looks great. You know, those kind of sure. lies. But um, but the average person tells 100 lies a day and is lied to 300 times a day. And, and he's saying that um, because of what Jesus is doing inside of you, you should, with awe and trembling, keep working out. Not earning your salvation, but working out the salvation that has occurred inside of you. Mm-hmm. So really, I would call that your sanctification. So the uh, the trembling makes sense to me. The, the, the sober, you use the word sober, which I think is really, really important here. Yeah. That you don't take it lightly is the big things. You He lays out the all of the um, the gravity of all the things Jesus did, and, and therefore. But the fear in this particular instance, so... Uh, that, that's what kind of gets me. So mm-hmm. because of, for me, it's all of that has been done. And, um, and I can't think of any scripture right now to back this up, but my understanding is that, um, you, you know, I believe Jesus is who he said he is mm-hmm. and he did what he said he did. And I'm going to try my best every day to die to myself and follow him. And because of that, I don't wake up or go to sleep wondering if I'm saved. I don't have any concerns is that what they're when they say fear did i just go to that because i'm a human with insecurities or is that how they wrote that is that what he means by fear there or is it just the reverence i think it's blown away all okay um, but the pho- the phobos then is, is even seemed to cement that further because it, it did is like f- it did fear fear but when you study that word in the greek not what we made it mean in english but what it meant in greek it it reverence and awe is another common gotcha. use of that word. Gotcha. Okay. And so um, it is. I, I think what I would what I think understand the passage to say is that you should constantly remember all that Jesus has done for you. The fact that He set aside His glory and took on the form not just of a human, 
but of a servant mm-hmm. and suffered uh, execution for us that you should keep staring at that and that you should adopt his same humility. So now I'm not only to enjoy the fruit of what he did for me, I am to duplicate his humility in my life that I too would set aside my glory. Yeah. And I would join him in his suffering for those around me. I mean, this is a sobering, very real deal. Yeah. And what I think it's pushing against is consumer Christianity. This idea Mm. that all of the, you know, God, God is, he exists for my comfort though. Everything he does is for my comfort. And, and he's, he's the great granddaddy slot machine in the sky. And I get to pull the lever and get, you know, four lemons and, and when, you know, win a bunch of money. Is it four lemons? I think oh, it, on the cherries. The, yeah. On the, on the gotcha, slot machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you get ding, 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 all four lemons. Sevens. Sevens, cherries, lemons. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know When's the last time you went to a casino? Never been to a casino. Well, I think I've been to one in 1978. I'm, have I been to a, I feel like I have to have been, but I don't think I have been. <laughs> uh, anyway, one, one thing that's great uh, that you, uh, when you were reading, I hadn't noticed was the um, the duality in the statement. So the work out what God has worked in. Yes, I didn't, I didn't barely even notice the work in. I probably just got was too shook up from yeah the, from, from the, the fear and trembling. Yeah. yeah, um, that's really incredible. And is that when you so when you say you're you're living like Jesus, you're you know trying your best. Is that working out? Well, here's what, the thing. Here's in? the thing that I want to uh, because you you said that a second ago. You said you know I I believe what Jesus did for me. I, my sin is forgiven, and now I'm trying my hardest to look like Jesus. And you should just said it again that I'm going to try hard. And I think this. I said die to myself was the word. I, yes, the you're, first you're right. You're right. Yeah. But uh, the idea, that's that's back to the do religion. Mm. So one of the miracles of salvation is that Christ did it all. Yeah. So even this new life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So it's not about trying. But I think. And this is the dance between God's supernatural power and my personal agency. I think the difference is you you have to try hard either way, I think. And you're either motivated by seeing if I can make the cut in a legalistic, you know, Mm -hmm. thing. Or you're doing it because because of the what he said. Therefore, because of all that Jesus did. I'm going to give it all I got, right? That's the, and, and, and not doing that and just kind of resting. But here's the thing, you know, it's, it's, it's like that phrase, make every effort mm-hmm. to enter into his rest. <laughs> right. It's kind of this weird thing. Yeah. And so, um, what I have to try hard to do is surrender. Mm-hmm. So, um, now, now we're getting into something I really have been thinking about talking about with you on this podcast. So I want to make sure we satisfy the question you have about what exactly am I supposed to have now? Am I supposed to be afraid or am I supposed to put my feet up and be at peace? Mm -hmm. That's what really you're asking, right? Yeah. Because if it is the, um, if you're trying to nix the, the try as hard as you can thing, then the fear and trembling makes even less sense to me Mm. because then it's like, what is that? What does that motivate you to do? You remember therefore with fear and trembling do this work out your salvation mm-hmm. what does that mean if you're if it if it isn't trying your well best because you, well you're still on the terrified side versus the blown away side the awesome side no but even then it's it's feel how heavy this is yeah and because of that do this yeah so do you remember um saving private ryan yeah and at the very end i, I rented that from the library 
How many people still do that? <laughs> Back in, in like middle school. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Um, watched it on a laptop. That's like a whole other world. Wow. <laughs> that is a whole other world. on a laptop. Keep going. Now they uh, don't even, laptops don't even have disk drives anymore. I know. Isn't that crazy? That a guy crazy. today, today a guy gave me a file of, uh, I mean, a folder package thing full of DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, this one teaching series from some guy who's 85 now. You're like, how am I going to watch that? Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Anyways. Right. Um, so in that movie, you know, when, um, when the captain Tom Hanks is dying, mm-hmm. he says to private Ryan, earn this. Right. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And at the very end, he's an old man at the grave of captain. I forget his name. I don't Captain Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, and he's, crying and he's saying i've tried hard to be a good man and he is wondering as an old man if all these it. guys died to save his life mm-hmm. and he's wondering have i earned it have i've tried my best and he looks up at his daughter and grandkids and he's saying i tried i've tried you know well the beauty of jesus is he doesn't want you to try mm. but he wants you to enjoy um living a life that earns that because you're living it in the power of the one who paid it for you. Right. So in that same deal, if, if Tom Hanks's character could have incarnated private Ryan and lived a powerful life in private Ryan, (laughs) that would have been what Jesus does. So Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't say earn this. He's saying, live this. Mm-hmm. I am in you. I paid for your freedom. You don't have the burden of sin anymore. No more guilt and shame. So live this, like really live. Mm-hmm. And so the awe is I can't believe, I still can't believe that he did this for me. And I want so badly to let Christ keep working out what he's working in me. Yeah, And it's just this passion. I think it passion might be the word. Um, that I really want to fulfill what Jesus is attempting to do in me. So when you, to try and make it really concrete, when yes. you fulfill what Jesus has put, has, has done for me, put in me, what is that? What does that look like? So, cause, cause when I use the trial, I don't want it to say like, I'm trying not to sin. I'm trying really, really hard not to sin. I right. mean the opposite of trying to, and that's why I say it looks like, it looks like trying really hard to surrender. Hmm. So, uh, when somebody slaps you in the head, right? your impulse is to slap them back. In fact, you might argue that if I don't slap him back, I'm going to become a doormat and he's going to keep doing that. I have to teach him what my boundaries are. And yet what Jesus would like you to do is to say, Holy Spirit, help me do what Jesus would do if he was in my skin. Um, help me, help me suppress my flesh reaction and instead walk by the spirit and walk by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. I can't do that on my own. No trying harder is going to make that possible. So I want to pause with awe and trembling and say, God, work your response through me. I surrender my right to retaliation. I surrender my right for self-defense. And I say, Holy Spirit, guide me now that I could live in the power of Jesus for the sure. glory of Jesus in this moment. So that's what I think he's asking us to do. So that's um, not passive because it's still involved. You're still asking, you're still, you know, you're speaking yeah. to God, Yeah. 
But the wordage there, and I don't think either of us have looked up the wordage for this particular part, but the working out. Yes. That is extraordinary, oh, that's true. extraordinarily active. That is, um, you know, with with modern uh, English, that means a di- might mean a different thing. You're sweating. You are um, you eking out the salvation. It's a, it's a very... Um, uh, it's hard work is what it is what it reads like yes use hard work um to bring out the salvation that god put in you with fear and trembling mm-hmm. that and i think that that enhances well and the, here's interesting i'm, I'm looking at the too. word here mm-hmm. uh and it is the word that means to bring about so let's say it this way continue to bring about your salvation hmm. with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you so i still think this is a process of me uh, summoning the power of God in me to bring about what he's done for me in real time right now. I, I, you know, the WWJD, we used to say, what would Jesus do? Right. And it really needs to be, um, um, what would Jesus that, that I had another acronym for that the other day. I was thinking about this for some bizarre reason, (laughs) but the idea is, uh, what would Jesus do if he was in my body, married to my wife, living in, in my house, doing my job, raising my kids? Sure. And um, I think this working out, this uh, uh, bring about the salvation that he has purchased for me in real time is that very thing. And so it's living not a, a high-powered, self-disciplined life. It's living a fully surrendered life where Christ actually gets to live through you because you stop, um, you stop uh, grabbing the steering wheel and, and doing everything in your own power. Yeah. Um, my goal one. So, so there's the big picture, right. Of, of scripture yeah, and ways that we know, um, God normally works or, or, or how we know how, uh, just, just big picture stuff. And then the, my goal with this, when I read it, I was like, mm-hmm. um, this seems incongruous, incongruous, incongruous with with some of the big picture stuff. And so I wanted to read it um, in a vacuum and and see if it really was challenging or if I was just reading it wrong. That was kind of the idea. Yeah. Uh, and so. Um, what's your takeaway so far? What What's your re- resolution to that quest? Well, that's the thing is that it seems like uh, it, through this reading of it, it really is congruous with mm. the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just having a really hard, I'm, I'm still having a hard time with the language with, with the, um, with uh, the trembling part. Yeah. And, and the workout, those two together, mm-hmm. it, it, it implies to me a, um, an effort because of a fear or a reverence. Yeah. Um, but Think let of, me, you know, go, well, let me ask you one more question. How about, okay. You ask me the question and we'll, we'll answer after a, a commercial break. Okay. So, um, when, you see Jesus face to face, either in a rapture moment or you die and now you're standing before God in heaven. When you see God and you're standing there in holy cow, there he is. What's going to be your physical response, do you think? I'll answer that in a minute. You <laughs> 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 guys real, real soon. Okay. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. 
Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining Him on His mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right, welcome back. Thank you for uh, listening again. We, this is episode 44. Yeah, grateful. Uh, yeah. Man, really grateful. Yeah, we're very, very grateful. Okay, uh, ask me the question one more time. Just okay, so when you stand in the presence of God, unfiltered, mm-hmm. you know, right now the Bible says we see through a glass darkly, but when we see him, we will, we will be like him for we will see him as he is. You get unadulterated exposure to almighty God. What happens next? I imagine probably just like Benny Hinn style. I just fall over. Just, just, just like knocked over. I imagine. Well, the difference is all the Benny Hinn style, they fall backwards. Okay. Everyone in the Bible oh, yeah, falls, falls forward. forward. Yeah. And, and, hides their, hides and, their and they, yeah. they fall on their faces, yeah. which is reverence and all before God. I think fear and trembling could be a way to describe what would happen to you next. Gotcha. And so I think what he's saying here is because of this awesome presence of God, keep processing outward what he's done for you inward as you continue to be blown away that the God of the entire universe chose you. Okay. And so so it's not work out like sweat, try hard, strive. Strive is what you're thinking. Yeah. It's not strive. It's keep processing outward. Keep bringing about what he has done inside. But that's the thing. So so, so I, I've got two, it's like a math equation. You okay. got th- the two variables, X plus Y equals um, Z. Yeah. Y is, or X is workout. Y is fear and trembling. And and Z is whatever the answer is. So say I got the fear and trembling. That I, that I understand. Okay. It's more that about it's all, the, that it's all, blown away. Exactly. Yeah. And, the, and yeah, the workout, it's still, it's still effort. It's still the balls in your court still, right? Yes, but this is just, let me word it in a way that you, that I think you like to talk, Mm. um, be blown away. If you got the chance to meet Donald Trump, okay. Now, whatever you think of him, if you got to meet the president of the United States, if you got to, if he said, John, come, I want you to hang out in the Oval Office with me for 30 minutes. You would enter that room with fear and trembling. You would be, holy crap. I'm in the white house. I'm in the old, the president of the country wanted to spend 20 minutes with me. You would be blown away. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the fear and trembling I think that he's talking about. Right. I, yeah, yeah. And so then uh, bring about, exercise your agency to let Christ live fully in you. That's what I think he's saying. Hmm. Exercise your agency to make room for God to live powerfully in you. Then there's, but there's other language used elsewhere that invokes that. What do you mean? Like, like the dying to yourself to the give God the steering wheel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This isn't that language, is it? you know. It's I the, think it is. You think so? I do. Bring about because it's that workout. We looked up that word. It mm-hmm. means to bring about. Right. So it's not work hard. It's it's uh, um, therefore uh, with as you've always said, uh, work bring about your salvation with awe and trembling, for it is God who's at work in you to want and to do is good pleasure. 
So God is working in you, man. He is working in you. He's growing you. He's feeding you. He's uh, growing bigger and bigger inside of you. You are surrendering more and more and more of yourself. Keep doing that. Keep bringing about the salvation that he's already accomplished in you because he's at work in you. Hmm. Now, here's a thought I've been thinking about. I want us to finish with this idea. Sure, please. I think that you can only surrender to God all that you know about yourself, and you can only surrender that to all you know about God. So if if all you know about God Mm -hmm. is very small, and all you know about yourself is very small, self-awareness, you know, then you're only surrendering a small piece of you to a small piece of God because that's all you know. Mm -hmm. That's what I think he's getting at here is keep growing in your self-awareness so that you can keep bringing more to God because you'll, you keep learning, you know, you keep learning, man, I was so selfish in that moment. I didn't realize how capable I was of that kind of hatred or that hunger for revenge. Right. And God says this, see, this is in you now bring that. Uh, bring about that to this also growing awareness of how big God is. Yeah. So I think of this on a grid. So if you have um, low awareness of God at the bottom to high awareness of God at the top, this vertical process, the Y axis. Yes. And on the other one, the horizontal, you have knowing myself, not at all Mm -hmm. and knowing myself really well. So if you're in the bottom um, if you're in the bottom of, I don't know myself at all mm-hmm. and I don't know God at all. Right. Right. That's a, that's a narcissist <laughs> <laughs> or that's a, no, that, that is a, um, that is a nihilist. That is, you know, I don't know me and I don't know God. And so I don't know anything. Right. If you go where I know God really, really well, but I don't know myself you either choose escapism where I don't want responsibility for myself. This is where I think people who want to get lost in worship experiences all the time, rather they want to live on this mountaintop instead of trudging out obedient walks with God. That's an escapism. Or if you're so wrapped in the sovereignty of God on that side where God, I know God is really big and I don't know anything about myself. I I get stuck in fatalism. Hmm. God's only going to do what he's going to do. And it doesn't matter. You know, he's sovereign. Sure. You go down to the bottom right quadrant where I know myself really well, but I don't know God. That's narcissism. Mm. I want what I want. Who cares who God is? I don't even know who he is. Sure. But if I'm in that upper right quadrant, I know myself really well, and I know God really well. That empowers me to work out my agency so that God, this big God, who I'm continuing to learn how much bigger he is than I even knew, Mm -hmm. is living through me because I'm aware of my Uh, temperament my personality my weaknesses my strengths my flesh and i'm aware of the enormous size of my god and that merges together into what i think philippians 2 is talking about keep bringing about the salvation because man he cares and he's got answers to everything about you that is broken Hmm. so as you keep learning more about all that's broken in you let God apply the finished work of Jesus to that brokenness and keep bringing about the salvation uh, that he has done for you and that he's put in you. That's what I think he's saying. And yeah. that's really exciting to me. And so I've got a dual quest. I need to really know myself better and better and better. I need to understand my depravity. I need to understand 
my family history. I need to understand how I viewed the world, the lies I've believed, yeah. and the truth of God that counteracts those lies. I got to keep knowing more about God. This, this is the journey that that uh, we walk. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be difficult here. I think when I say when I say effort, you want to guard that away from religiosity, which I totally agree. Well, with. I want to get God guarded away from self uh, discipline. Sure. What I mean is, you use the word quest, you use the word directive. That's mm-hmm. what, all I mean, is that you have things to do. You can't just sit on the couch. Because like oh, you said, sure. you need to grow. You need yes. to learn God. Yes. Those are, make efforts to do that. Make every effort yes. to do that. So that, what I mean is yeah. don't make efforts to don't lie, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. Right. And I, that's what I said when I said, not that trying your best not to sin, trying your best to live for the kingdom and proactive, not in the um, power of abstaining. In the power of the kingdom. Right. So I may stare at something right in front of me that I know God wants me to do, and I don't have the power to do it. Hmm. And so I'm asking God to do it through me, in me. Use my body, empower me with your grace, and help me be better than I actually am because I'm uh, empowered by you, not me. Hmm. So it is making effort, but it's making effort from a different engine. Sure. I've killed the engine called Jim. And I've revved up the engine called God, and I'm and I'm asking God to do that in my body through, gotcha. through my life in my circumstances. Gotcha. So it looks to the outside observer like I'm doing it, sure. but I'm really not. It's God in me doing it. Mm. And I think that's hopeful. That that gives me hope that um, that as I keep learning more about God in me, I keep learning more then about how to. Um, participate in the divine nature with God to live a transformed life by his power. Yeah. Well, um, if I had to take away one, it's that th- this was kind of a, a salient I'm reading, I'm having a good time. And this kind of gave me a, bu- a bump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's smoothed over, but also the fear and trembling now makes complete sense. And a problem with a, a big question mark for me that I didn't even know I had jutted up with this whole effort thing. Mm. Um, but it is bottom line hopeful. The the whole point being, this is what Jesus did, and and uh, be somber about it. But it is still a huge cause to rejoice, and that engine thing really helped too with me. The um, that it still, even if you do need to make every effort, in like I said in other verses, right? Um, it you're not. It's not your. Um, willpower exactly the yeah. strongest one of us isn't going to be the only ones to get into to exactly heaven. so so i make every effort to surrender to surrender yeah. right right then yeah. those might be companion verses you know if you think about it that yeah. way yeah you're right Do you that's awesome takeaway? you know i think the takeaway for me is that um i i'm i'm really captivated by this thought i can only surrender to god as much about me as i know well that and, yeah that quadrant is really really yeah um, and i can only surrender slick. to god to the degree I know God. So if I don't realize he can do X, I'll never trust him to. Sure. And so um, it, it really behooves us to learn everything we can about God and stuff. I've, I've said forever that the two most important things about you are what do you think about God and what do you think about you? Mm-hmm. And those two questions, your answer to those two questions will shape everything about your life. They'll determine your outcome, how you view things, how you view people. What do you think about God? What do you think about you? That's, man, that's foundational to the rest of your life. Hmm. And so I'm inspired to keep working those two problems. Totally. Um, because they are, they, they give propulsion. 
sure. you know, to my life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. I hope uh, that this has been a helpful conversation for you. And uh, check us out at jimandjohn.com. No H in the John. Mm-hmm. We have blogs there. We've been writing more blogs and love for you to, to read and contribute there. You can email us at info at jimandjohn.com. Love to have you uh, submit uh, episode ideas, feedback, um, anything we can do to serve you. We would be honored to do it. Yeah. Or if you're on Instagram there and you can message us there uh, uh, as well. And, and yeah, we always are uh, super excited when we receive feedback. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.